on this week's episode of true story bro it's a jam-packed episode we talk about a big trade that happened on the ice between winnipeg and columbus our entire outlook on the nhl and then we talk about the blue jays the blue jays they've been wheeling and dealing guys that just locked up some pretty big pieces to help them out including george springer um, then we talk a little bit about Kobe on the anniversary of his death. Then we move over to the NFL, talk about some championship Sunday. What a fun way to end the weekend. And our matchups for the Super Bowl are set. And then we got Parlay Party and Game of the Week to top it all off here on True Story Bro. Enjoy. <laughs> es hora de comer. Es hora de comer. Es hora de comer. All right, <clears throat> welcome to another episode of True Story, bro. Ray Dog, how's it going, buddy? Good about yourself? I'm doing great. So lots to get into, and I think it's fair enough that we start with the big trade that happened in the NHL. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Dick, I believe, going yep. to the Colum- or Winnipeg Jets, sorry, and Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic headed to the Columbus blue jackets now obvious question in your mind who won that trade um i i think time will tell for that one i think they both got a good deal out of that trade um jets obviously get another great center so now they have down the middle they have shifley they'll have uh pierre luc dubois and statsny and he's a great yeah. 200 foot player and i think he fits well with shifley especially on the power play and stuff and uh CBJ really gets the score that they need. And I, I think uh, Line A might fit well with Torts because Torts seems to fire guys up and elevate their game, like, you know, like he did last year in the playoffs against Toronto. And um, yeah, exactly. Right now, I think it's more one sided for CBJ right now just because of what Line A's done so far in his career. Like, he's just been an ultimate yeah, and goal, I think goal also... scorer. And he's kind of looked like a uh, kind of a young Ovechkin, if I might say <laughs> yeah i i think Ovech- ovechkin's obviously a pretty high um pretty high comparison but uh when when lining is at the top of his game obviously you know that that's the right comparison yeah. he's a goal scoring machine in my mind right now obviously the third round pick that's just trying to match the value i kind of feel like in the end, we're still going to look back on it and say, maybe this is a case where Columbus gives up the best player in the trade, but they also might have won the trade because Jack Roslevic, he's taken a really long time to, to come into his own, yeah. but it it's starting to feel like he's getting better and better every year and that he's getting more comfortable into a position. And I think that um, with Columbus in a new environment, it's a chance for him to thrive because Jack Roslevic, we talk a lot about Patrick Laine. I think we're ignoring Jack Roslevic a lot because yeah. he has that scoring touch too. He can exactly. he can definitely generate points. So I, I, I think Columbus knocked this one out of the park. I think both teams here. I mean, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a really good player. 49 points last year in 70 games. It's a shortened COVID season. Um, you know, I, I, I think, but one goal in five games, you know, that kind of stresses me out a little bit, but he's 22. There's a lot more, 
time to go with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think this is going to be a real... I think I think this is going to be, like you said, something to evaluate over time. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think it's... Uh, remember when uh, the Weber and Subban trade originally came out and everybody's like, oh, like um, Nashville had won that trade by a mile. Like, it's not even close. Like, Subban's, like, just been a god for Nashville. And then, well, in the beginning, well, the, the first, first couple, couple of years, years after but, that trade, it's... But now it's, like, turned out to be Montreal's favorite because, obviously, Weber stayed there and uh, Subban's moved on. But I think, like, yeah, like we said, I, time I was... will tell. And uh, I, I think that both teams made uh, turned a bad situation into a great situation because, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. all three players were unhappy with where they were. And they were able yeah. to move each other for those pieces, and uh, they're able to use them to trade amongst each other, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I kind of found that funny because, like, you know, no player. Whenever players want to get traded out of a really small market, they want to just <clears throat> they want to go to a team with a bigger market that has yeah. more star players, all that kind of stuff, and then. You look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he gets traded to an even smaller market yeah. in Winnipeg. <laughs> like, um, you couldn't have had your cards dealt more worse there. But also, hey, I, I was I was giving Winnipeg a really hard time uh, last or uh, whenever we were talking about uh, how we think the North Division will shape yeah. up. Yeah, and it seems like I'm starting to eat my words here yeah, because Winnipeg looks really good. Yeah. But also, you got to give them this, though. Um, <clears throat> right now, they're playing the Oilers. They're down 3-2. And they went on a three-game winning streak, but it was against the Senators. Yeah. Who, they can't they can't get themselves figured out. I think that, that well, obviously, the Senators are something that, what yeah. the meltdown with the Senators is something that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. And, but, it's exactly, um, it's my uh, first point I have here, and I have it as same old Sens. Yeah, no, I, I it's just <clears throat> I I I'm gonna give my take on the Senators yeah. a little bit, um, but sure. uh, just back to Pierre Luc Dubois, the Jets look good. Um, they're dangerous, and I think you replace you you go normally when a team trades away a guy like Line, a, a, a true goal scorer, they don't really get that same goal scoring back. It's either like someone with skill or um, you know, or someone, or a defenseman, or just, or a draft pick, or just something that doesn't really give you the same return. But I think here, the potential for the equal return is really good. But I want to, you know, but um, so yeah, that that definitely uh allows Winnipeg to um stretch their wings, I suppose you could say, and they got a they got a really good. They got a really good player. I mean, he was on pace to score 20 goals again and in two out of the out of his last three seasons in the NHL, Pierre-Luc Dubois scored uh, 20 goals. So, yeah, Um, but so really big trade and um, really interested in seeing how Pierre-Luc Dubois works out. I'm interested in seeing how Line plays, but like I already know that Line like as soon as Line A gets there, Torts is gonna get his ass tell his ass to get in gear. Yeah. Like there's there's no question about that. It's where where I wanna what I wanna see here 
is the team that right now got the short end of the stick. Because, like, like I said, as of now, we all think Winnipeg got the short end of the stick. Yep. I want to see that kind of team. Like, I want to see how, where they go from there with Pierre-Luc exactly. Dubois. Do, like, do they, you know, what does Paul Maurice do with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Where does he put him in the lineup? How much ice time is he getting? Hopefully it's more than three minutes, but... You know, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. It's really interesting, and uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is still in quarantine. Really excited to see him get out of there, exactly, and uh, do some big things. Yeah, so move uh, on. But I don't yeah, with your sends, I'll let you. Yeah, make but and then as... I can give mine. So the sends, I don't think now is the time to hit the panic button. Like, like in the back of my mind, I was. Throughout the off season, I was looking at, oh, we drafted this guy, we got this guy, you know, signed all these vets in free agency just to remain a competitive edge. And on the first game of the year, there was like, what, 16 or 15 senators making their debut for the team? Yeah. Did, like, am I not the only, and, and now the Sens are 1-4-1 one, and, one, and everyone's like, oh my God, this team was supposed to be competitive. Haha, <laughs> same old Ottawa. Am I not the only one? who saw a team that had 15 new players, no season, only a week and a half worth of training camp, just have a hard time trying to play together. And not even to mention, and not to mention on top of all these new guys being played together, like all these new guys, 15 new players, the, the coach is like shaking the lines up all the time. Like, yeah. One game, Stutzla is on the third line with uh, with uh, with Stepan and and someone else. And then the next, then last night against Vancouver in that dumpster fire, he was uh, he he was playing with uh, Norris and Batherson, was it? Like, yeah. like it was just so inconsistent. Um, you know, obviously the coaches don't play the game for you, but when I'm when I saw that game. There were some play. There were there were some mistakes that players made for sure, but you know I think some of it has to fall on D. I mean I don't know where his head's at. I think he's still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And I think this is what happens when you don't have a preseason. But that's just the world we live in with COVID, right? Like you don't get a preseason. You gotta figure out your lines a lot quicker. And obviously Ottawa's getting to a really slow start. And on top of that, Matt Murray, he just looks a little nervous. He, I, I don't know what it is, yep. Matt. Like, and I like, I think he, he's looked good. He's looked sharp in some of the games that he started in. But for example, there were, there were also nights like last night in Vancouver where he looked nervous between the net. And I don't know if that's what you want to see from your star goalie that you're forking five and a half million dollars to. Exactly. I think I think uh, like you said, it's not time to hit the panic button yet. But it's almost looking like it's going to be the same old Senators again. But I I mean they did start the season well with those two games against the Maple Leafs. You know uh, they won and then they lost by I think it was two or three. And um, yeah, obviously it was just it's just been a couple bad games for them. But uh, well, the, sorry, I, I thought I they might cut you off. 
Go ahead. Sorry, I, I hated to cut you off, but I was I was gonna say first three games of the year they covered the spread in every yeah. single game. Sorry, continue. Okay, so I was gonna say I thought last night was gonna be a good game for them because I was like Vancouver struggling. Here's their chance to go out and get a win, and it was just no, just seven goals against, and there was some unlucky bounces and uh, some a lot of stuff that didn't go the Senators' way. But uh, as of right now, they have the most goals against in the NHL. Well, I mean, it's, it's not just still good. bad defense. I mean, yeah. you look at you look at this roster and. Of all the new players, the only one that has come as advertised or that, like, has been what we expected him to be is Eric Branson. And I can't believe I just said that. But yeah. Eric Branson has been the one player out of all these new acquisitions that really met, if not exceeded expectations. Um, but, I mean, it, it kind of – it's really frustrating to watch just because, um, like I said, the the inconsistency with the lines, you know, one night exactly. this guy, one night, you know, and also uh, at some at one point, I didn't get to watch the entire game because it was kind of late and it was two nothing after the first, and I was like, hey, I'm not watching this. But um, I heard, I remember hearing at one point that Artem Anisimov was on the power play over Stutzla. And in my mind, if I'm, if I've got this third overall pick, this shiny new 18, 19 year old who can wire a slap shot from a puck that's coming five feet in the air, I would want him on the power play. That you think that that would be, well, that would help develop him. Not only that, they were also 0 for 5 on the power play last night, and uh, they gave up one shorthanded goal. I know. It, it was brutal. And then that second goal from Shabbat, like, there's, uh, like, and Zeitstab watching was that game. Horrible. Like, horrible. Um, I forget. What, yeah, I, it was, was the second, I believe it was the second or third goal. The one that um, Hoaglander assisted on. Don't you talk about Zaitsev that way? No, he's our leading. He's our leading point guy. Okay, well, I'm gonna talk shit about him because uh, I forget who he's the go. I forget who he's playing with, but anyways, the one he was he's on the right side of the ice, and his <laughs> left defenseman is there covering the puck, and there's a guy behind him, and he goes, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go after that guy too," and just left him right in front of the net. And Holmlander just made a perfect pass over, and it was like in the back of the net. Yeah, no. Uh, so Zaitsev, Zaitsev's leading the team in points. So that's telling you that he has six, he has five points in six games. So that's telling you how this season's going for the Senators. Yeah. Um, it, it just there's gonna be growing pains. I, you know, we all saw that coming. We all knew that. You know. It wasn't going to be perfect. And I think that's why I didn't um, set my expectations that high for this team. Um, Because I didn't want to get my heart ripped out if we missed the playoffs. Or if we did make the play. Like, if I was expecting us to make the playoffs, I didn't want to get my heart ripped out if we missed by a point or so. Or I didn't want to get even more disappointed knowing that if we sucked this year we could have gotten a really good player at like a top five top three position yeah 
and instead we lost in five games in the first round to I don't know the Leafs, and then um, <clears throat> then I have to hear insecure Leafs fans be up their own ass about it. Um, but I didn't want to get disappointed. Like I said, if we missed out on that pick, like I like you know what I mean. Like I like I'm just I'm I'm not setting my expectations at all. I'm just letting this season slide. But yeah, you know you're right. Like Ottawa is the worst team defensively. Corsi four percentage on five on five, forty five point seven percent. You know they they allow a lot of. Excuse me, they're. Um, you know, 20%, 20.6% of the high danger chances uh, against yep. on the Senators are 20 high danger chances converted into goals for their opponents are 20.6%, and the league average is 12.9. Tells you just how poorly the Senators have been in their divi- in their own zone. And it's. <clears throat> I like I said, it's got to start with the coaching. It's got to start with the defense, and it's got to start with the goaltending. There were a lot of hiccups that I think could have easily been avoided, like that Shabbat goal. Um, yeah, the or not Shabbat goal. Uh, the goal that happened off a of Shabbat turnover. He went and uh, try. He tried making a little chip pass over someone's stick, and he ended up whiffing on it. And then uh, Tyler Mott comes in and buries it. Yeah. You know, little gaffes like that. Like I said, you know, that that's expected. There's going to be growing pains, but you know, I, I think that we're both on the same page here and saying now's not the time to hit the panic button as if there already was a panic button. I don't think any of us care at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like I think a lot of uh, people in O-Town can all say in agreement that um, we could all care less how this season ends. Just wake us up when we have a winning record. Exactly. Um, but I will say this: free Colin White. Yeah. Free Colin White, man, hasn't even played a game yet. I don't wow. know what's going on with that. I don't know what's going on there. Like as if Colin White has played. He has an assist, but I mean, like, come on, you're gonna play Michael Haley, but not Colin White? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand that. I like whatever it is what it is just uh right now it's really frustrating to watch and that's all I can really say about that in the words of uh in the words of Forrest Gump so do you want to move on to any surprises in the NHL so far for you um or anything you want to talk about in the NHL at all anything i want to talk about uh like other than i mean montreal hasn't lost still hasn't lost in regulation yeah i know montreal is an absolute wagon uh one of the best winning percentages in the league other than the dallas stars best team in the league um montreal if, if you if you count dallas 82 and 0, baby montreal 82 has, they're going 82 and 0 Start exactly it. If you count if you count Dallas, Montreal has the second best winning percentage in the league. Yeah. But um yeah, like you know, I I feel like right now everything's coming as as advertised. The Rangers though, the the biggest surprise is how the Rangers are struggling as well. Mm-hmm. 
because remember whenever everyone said, "Oh, in this East Division, watch out for the Rangers." Some some yeah. some goofies even had uh, had the Rangers going at like top three in the division. Yeah. Meanwhile, like they they can't even get anything going. Um, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, pointless. Yeah. So far, uh, through five games, that's a that's my biggest surprise. That um, Alexi Lafreniere, through five games, has a minus two rating. Yeah, he has he has a uh, uh, he has a minus two rating and a uh, Fenwick percentage of forty nine point four. You know, uh, he but it's a kid as well. Exactly. Like, you gotta, and uh, may I pay your attention to this on ice save percentage, eighty six point two. So, you know, not yeah. not the best, not the best start. But hey, like how long was it until McDavid got his first, uh, got his first game, got his first goal? It was a little while, was it not? Like a couple games. Yes, yeah. So you know, um, hey, I mean, everyone, everyone. Uh, Needs a little bit of time. I will. I will say this though, uh, Keandre Miller. He's been impressive. He he looks really nice out of all the the rookies on uh, on the Rangers. Yeah. So no, other than the Rangers, there's no uh, big surprises for me. What about you, dog? Any big uh, anything that you want to point out in the NHL? Um, Penguins and Devils are actually surprising me this year. Why do you think that the that the pens would fall off or well the pens didn't have the greatest season last year and uh I didn't know coming no. into the year how the goaltending would be, you know, with Jari and DeSmith, but uh obviously they're sticking around yeah. and they're doing good and you know, Crosby and Malkin and uh Gensel and uh Latang have kind of found their way here and they've looked good so far. And then another I think that's surprising for me kinda of, is the Devils. Devils third in that division and uh mm. Jack Hughes has been playing good, Kyle Palmieri. Um, the goaltending's been good when Black uh, Blackwood was still healthy. He was he was like the second best ranked uh, goalie in fantasy. I know that. And yeah, that's for sure. And obviously Montreal. That's another surpriser for me. Well, not really a surpriser. I thought they'd be up in this division, but I didn't think they'd still be undefeated this early. But you know they look well, undefeated in in regular time in, regular in regulation time. time. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. And they they have the best. Other than the stars, like I said, they have the best point percentage. Yeah. That's not what I expected. No. And, uh, you know, Suzuki's looked good. He's looked really good, actually. And uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that they traded for there. Anderson? Josh? Is it Josh Anderson? Josh Anderson. He's actually looked like he might be worth the $5.3 million they're paying him. Yeah, you said that last week. You said that um, he might be uh, he might be turning into a pretty decent player. And yeah, I agree. He he looks really nice. Um, you know, if not lots mistaken, of teams... Max Domi is still pointless for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I know. I I don't. I think I might have dropped Max Domi, or I might have traded him in one of my fantasy leagues. Either yeah. way, um, rough start for Max Domi. But then again, Columbus is a tough place to this to garner a lot of points. Like I was looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois' uh, stats, and I mean, <laughs> you know, if you get 20 goal, if you have 
two 20 goal seasons in three years with a three seasons with a team, you know, that that's saying something, especially on a defensive minded team, like, uh, like the blue jackets. And if you're playing yeah. for a defensive minded coach, like torts, uh, torts has never been known to have a really high scoring, high flying offensive team, yeah. except for maybe, except for maybe the, Oh four lightning whenever they had exactly. like Cavalier and Richards and um, Marty, Saint, Marty Louis. Saint Louis and all those guys like yeah. like other than those lightning like other than that lightning team that one specific lightning team I cannot think of a John Tortorella coach team that was offensive mm-hmm. and then obviously without other guys in Montreal that have got good is Toffoli. Got yeah. uh, five goals, three assists, eight points, and then Petrie too. Petrie's been one of the best defensemen in the league so far for points. Yeah, Petrie. I, I, but there was a lot of people who had. I'm, I'm kind of weird. I used to think that Petrie sucked, and I think a lot of the fan base didn't yeah. like Petrie. But I think Petrie has started to come into his own, and, and, and had a great um, playoffs last year too. Yeah, he did. Like he's really proved to be. Um, a big member, like er, er, like a big, crucial defender yeah. in in the league, and um, he's really underappreciated. And I think this year he's finally starting to get the credit he deserves. That Trident man, the the Trident in Montreal. That's that's uh, a really key point to their game with Uela uh, and and Weber and Petrie. That's and, and yeah. Sherratt as well. Uh, you know that's pretty. Uh, that's a really important piece to the Habs roster, and uh, yeah. yeah, no, they they look like a really complete team. Um, everyone wants to talk about how Toronto's so complete of a team. Montreal looks really complete. They have scoring, they got speed, they got strength, and they got defense. Sorry about that. I had a technical difficulty there. Oh no, no worries. Um, so yeah. Um, and That's then, the NHL so far, at least in the Northern Division. Yeah. Uh, then the Central, they're kind of if, sitting ducks right now, some of the teams. The Stars, the yeah, Panthers, no... the Hurricanes, and uh, Lightning. They've only we'll played. start. Between all of them, they've, like, the most they've played is four games. Lightning's played four, Hurricanes has played three, Panthers played two, and Stars have played two. Yeah, stars are back. Stars are back at the swing of things, and boy, are they ever! They're picking up where they left off. Yeah. Um, the Hawks, your Hawks, buddy. They're they're uh, they're third in the division. Yes. Three, uh, <laughs> two, three, and one. But they've also played six games, and the rest of the teams in the division have only played like four, or three, or two. So. Yeah. So, but I mean, still, that's that's something that. Uh, and they're winning right now. That you got to enjoy. Uh, Yanmark just yeah, scored exactly. like five minutes ago. Yeah, that's not bad. So, pretty good start um, for them. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what we expect in a COVID season. Like, at the beginning yeah. of the year, a lot of teams with losing records, not exactly. having the greatest. Like, like a lot of teams with losing records being, I don't know, top four in the division. But yeah. uh, I think once it all works out, everyone's going to going to get back in the swing of things. Also, players making their debut. Uh, Bowen Byram. Yeah. Connor McMichael, two world, two Canadian World Junior boys. Yep. Um, they both made their starts. Uh, did any of them record a point? Or like, Dylan Cousins made his the other night, too, did he not? And he scored a goal. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a really nice goal too. Yeah. Nice little, uh, nice little snipe right over the right over the shoulder. And then I guess another guy that we could talk about that's been good is uh, Krill Kaprasov. Yes, he's been fantastic. But I mean, he was kind of like NHL ready the second he got there. Krill Kaprizov, Kaprizov's like what? Uh, like how old is he? Like he was born in nineties. He's born in ninety seven. Oh, he's only twenty three. He's only twenty three. So not bad. Yeah, like yeah, so so that kid's like But he also had sixty two points for CSKA Moscow last year. Yeah, and like 50, like he's 50, been 51 ready. the year before. So he's been ready. Like yeah, he's, he's played he's played three years in the KHL and oh average over forty points a season. Yeah, so sorry, he's, uh, he's played like, four years in the KHL and averaged over forty a season. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, like he's he he's set like yeah. six points in six games that's not a surprise i i, I yeah. saw Kaprizov just being insane yeah um so yeah um want to talk baseball now yeah let's go baseball let's uh so the blue jays pulled off the george springer heist yeah they also got kirby they, they, yates tyler chatwood and yeah, Robbie yeah. Ray, as well as uh, Marcus Semien. Seaman. Marcus Seaman. Seaman. Most recently, <laughs> uh, that was tonight at 6, 6.16 p.m. Uh, yeah. So one-year $18 million deal. Uh, he obviously, um, in 2019, he finished third in AL MVP voting. He had 33 home runs, mm-hmm. 92 RBIs, and uh, two... Point two eight five batting average in one hundred and sixty two games, and his WAR was eight point nine. Who's this? This is uh, Seaman. Seaman. Yeah. So, um, he kind of fell off pitcher, last year, right? but it was also a COVID. No, he's not. He's a uh, he's a shortstop, but they talked about playing him at second and oh, have okay. a combination of Biggio and uh, Guerrero play shortstop. Yeah. So, well, there there's a lot of uh, acquisitions here. I like whenever I look at the Blue Jays acquisitions, there's two things I take away from that. Um, a, they're going for guys who can hit. Yeah. And B, they they need pitching. Yeah. Like I loved uh, having Tanner Wark. Yeah. I I love that. I think that's, that's a great signing. Your um, is joined by Jesse oh. He's Sorry, been he's turning that off. <laughs> 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 um, it's okay. I was checking stats. You know pop-up videos that come up sometimes? When you go on, like, oh ESPN, and it's like, fuck off, ESPN. Like, stop trying to get me to yeah. watch your fucking shitty ana- analysis just, like, about why George Springer is the right guy for the White Sox, even though he just went to the fucking Blue Jays. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, but <laughs> those pop-up ads are the worst. Oh. Uh, but like going back to Tanner Rourke, yeah, I really like that. Like, I'm looking at all those signings. I think that's something that that doesn't really get talked about no. enough. Um, and is he is he back? He's playing with the Jays again, eh? Like, because I because I know that he was around in 2020. I believe he is, yeah. Is is Tanner Rourke coming back? Okay, well, I, I really I'll, like I'll that right one. Like, I'll check right now for sure. 
like 41, 41 strikeouts, um, you know, um, and ERA of 6.8. That's that's not fantastic. That's something that could definitely be improved yeah. on. But He's with the Blue Jays. Um, he signed through this year. So yeah, I think they I think they got some big time help. Yep. Um obviously, in obviously I, I think they got a lot of Springer. Yeah, I I really like George Springer. Um obviously um having obviously the the seven the 2017 Astros Make me not really like George Springer that much. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, kind of makes me want to go to Roger Center and, and grab a grab a garbage can and and bang on the bang on the garbage can. But that, but, that also um, comes that being kind of brings us into our next topic too, which is the Hall of Fame of twenty twenty one. I don't know if you got to look to check out who was on it, but uh, there was no one on the if, twenty Hall of Fame. Yeah, no one got inducted, but. Uh, it was because the names that were on it are kind of controversial, and uh, we'll dive into that afterward on talking about the Jays. Yeah, so I just you know, quick thing on George Springer, um, he did have some good years. Other like like there are some bright spots with with George Springer. Yeah, um, you know, and you can definitely tell that you know without the cheating, he like George Springer is no fraud. No, is what not. I'm trying to say. Um, you know. Um, it's also a really just good fielder, a really good fielder. Yeah, he's really good at defending, which I think is something that the Toronto needs yeah. the most, especially with these uh, young guys. Uh, I think it helps to have veterans that can hit as well as uh, go out there and make plays in the field for them. Yeah, yeah. Like for a lot of times with the Blue Jays, it's either there's a lot of guys who can. Uh, excuse me. There's a lot of guys who can make plays in the field, but there's also a lot of guys. Or there's a year where there's no one who can make a play and everyone is just, it's all offense. Exactly. Um, right now, baseball uh, Baseball reference has uh, George Springer's uh, projected stats. They're projecting him to have 29 home runs, 78 RBIs, uh, 121 hits, and a 264 batting average. That's big. That's big time numbers. Yeah, that's pretty good numbers. Four ninety five slugging yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll also point your attention to this. Last year, twenty twenty was the second highest uh, slugging percentage. Yeah, and he's a guy and... who's won two silver sluggers as well, and he's uh, before been in MVP voting, and uh, he did actually win the World Series MVP in twenty seventeen as well. Yeah, like guy gets guy gets on base too. Like yeah, eighty nine, uh, eighty nine point nine on base percentage last year. Like he's someone that will really help the offense. Yeah, and on a, on a really young team that could use some of that veteran experience. Like I think that now is the time for the Jays to go out and make a run. They got George Springer in free agency. They made some other small signings that could really help them. And they also have pitching like Hyunjin Ryu. They also got Tanner Rourke. They also got this, they got that. And then there's the elephants in the room, the players that we all know um, that are getting love for the Jays, like, uh, like uh, Plakata, Vladdy, Vladdy Guerrero, Bo Bichette. Plakata. Uh, Plakata. And, uh, <laughs> 
what what's the guy? What's the pitcher's name? He's that rookie pitcher who can just keep man. That kid oh, throws, throws cheese. Oh, like one hundred six or some shit. Yeah, that kid throws um, cheese, bro. I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh, what's that kid's name? It's like Nate something. Not the Nate guy that Pearson. got Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson. That kid yeah. throws gas. So like, there's a lot of there's. I think right now, and then you also got like T. Oscar Hernandez. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. There's this mixture Lourdes of Gurriel. Yeah, there's a mixture of, of youth and um and you know stars that are in their prime. Yeah. yeah, and vets that can still play and I think yeah. that's going to go really long way um with uh with these Blue Jays. So, you wanted to talk um uh, you want to talk Hall of Fame, you know, yeah. like I mentioned, no one made it to the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so lots of controversial names. A lot of guys during the, um, during the, the steroid era. Yeah. So we had Roger Clemens, obviously, Barry Bonds, and we had as well Kurt Schilling. Yeah, why wouldn't and Roger it, Clemens make it though? Like, he was a really good player, wasn't he? He was. He really was. I forget what the scandal is behind him. Well, he was a pitcher. Was he not steroids too? I I find that hard to believe. He was a pitcher, and for some reason, for some reason, I always thought that he was a he was a. Toronto Blue Jay, and he was. He was a Blue Jay. He um, was. My, my he won eyes. A series with us, did you not? Uh, no, he. Uh, no. Stint with the Blue Jays spanned from '97 to '98. He went to two All Star games in '97. He was tenth um, in voting. He was eleventh. Er, he was tenth in MVP voting in '97. Won the Cy Young. Was an All Star. And then in 98, he was 11th in MVP voting and um, won, a Cy, won a second straight Cy yeah. Young and was an all-star. Uh, he, he threw mad cheese in Toronto. Yeah. E- ERA of 205, 97, 98, ERA of uh, 265. Um, that guy, man, he could his, – his whip – uh in Toronto at ninety seven was one point uh oh three. Yep. So yeah. Um and not to mention he's is the only pitcher in major league history to record over three hundred and fifty wins and strike over strike out over four thousand five hundred batters. But the problems with, with him was he was alleged by Mitchell Report to have used anabolic steroids during his late career, mainly based on testimony given by his former trainer, trainer, Brian McNamee. Okay. So pretty much every, but like, here's my, here's my argument on, on no one being, um, no, no one being inducted into the hall of fame. All these players played at some point during the, uh, d- during the steroid era, like I'm looking at, like I'm looking yes. at these guys and like Kurt Schilling. Okay, that's his, 
as his ninth year on the ballot. Roger Clement, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, like, openly took steroids. Uh, Omar Vizcal. This... But he was also good before the steroids, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, these guys were good before it. And, like, with Clemens, he took it in his late career because his arm was dying and he couldn't throw anymore. Like, Yeah, but it's still a banned substance. You kind of understand, but it, it's, it's still a banned substance. But you kind of understand, but they're still good without it. I'm still, like, I'm still, I don't care, like, whether, like, your arm was dying or not. Like, if, if your arm's that bad, maybe you should have just retired. Like, the guy had seven Cy Youngs, this many MVPs, he won so many World Series. Like, do you really think that Roger Clemens, like, would have gotten into the Hall of Fame if he didn't take steroids? I'd think so. If Would Barry yeah. Bonds get in if he didn't take steroids? I'd think so. But because these guys all played during the steroids era, they're like it's been nine years now with their names on and, the ballot, and they haven't even and, been voted in. Also, Sammy Sosa, ninth year on the ballot, still not voted in. You want to know the number per? You want to hear the percentage of eleven times he was on the ballot? Nine, thirteen point nine percentage of ballots 13.9. that he was voted on. Yeah, he was on thirteen point nine percent of them. And then, like, I'm looking Let's down to... I thought to... it was 11% or something, right? Then I'm looking down, like, Manny Ramirez. Like, didn't that guy play yeah. during the steroid era? Like, yeah, he, he even won a... Didn't he, didn't he win a... Didn't he win yeah, a World he Series? Was... He was the same years as uh, A-Rod, I believe. He was on that... He's 04... around that era. He was on that 04 yeah. team that, uh, that came back and won the World... Didn't they win the World Series? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they but, they uh, uh, they they came they came back from um, oh, what was it? They, they they came back from like a three zero deficit or something like that in the series to beat the Yankees or something. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's like you might as well just like you might as well vote them in anyways because these guys were great in their careers and everyone was doing it. But I also understand it's the integrity of the sport. Like if you're going to, if you're going to vote in a guy who was on steroids and cheated and, you know, kind of wasn't, you know, he may have put up all the numbers, but if he did it naturally, he might not have been able to put up the same kind of numbers. Exactly. You know, you might as well just not vote them in at all. Like with A Rod, are we going to vote in? Is A Rod going to go into the Hall of Fame once his name's on ballots? I don't know. And that's been the thing, too. There's been no consistency because years before, they've let in guys who've taken steroids. But it was kind of like what they said on Timberfield today. And Sid said this, and he said, it's kind of been a name to name basis. Like, what your name is and how associated to the thing you actually are. Exactly. And that's all about branding too. Like we talk about Barry yeah. Bonds. Um, Barry, Barry Bonds it hasn't been voted in yet because no. he took steroids and yeah. he was still the same old Barry who would go and, and run his mouth and, you know, still talk shit after he hit a home run. And like yeah. guys like Sammy Sosa, who like, you know, they really – um, hurt their brand like as if they weren't hated enough they already hurt their brand by being you know known for taking steroids so I mean it's unfortunate that no one got voted into the Hall of Fame um, who was it was it Kurt Schilling who said like he's not gonna he's 
he doesn't want his name to be on the ballot anymore next year, and he wants them to decide. But the thing with Kurt Schilling is he he didn't cheat at all. Yeah, it was his af- his after antics after his career. He's he's a racist. Oh yeah, fuck that guy. Um, and um, like, I'll I'll bring up some quotes here. Like, uh, yeah, we don't. He's need... compared Muslim. No, I'm I'm just saying. Like, he's compared Muslims to Nazis and stuff. Yeah, we don't. He got fired. I think he worked for ESPN, and he got fired for saying something about women's rights, yeah, and gender rights. And he's he's been active politically, trying to make political comments, and that's one of his reasons why he's not voted in. All right, well, fuck that guy then. What a piece of shit. Which is understanding, but then Fucking there's scumbag. the other thing where there's, there's already racist in the Hall of Fame, so baseball is just fucking <laughs> retarded. Yeah, but I think at the same whoa. Nice art bomb there. Um, I mean, so like, it's true though. Like, um, like they have, yeah, like, they have no standards in baseball. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to like everyone talks about how baseball has no integrity anymore, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Is like, fix it. Yeah, exactly. Fix it. You don't want. Uh, you don't want uh, what's it called? Like you, you don't want cheaters in the game, and you also don't yeah. want scumbags like like Kurt Schilling in the game. Like exactly, or like in the Hall of Fame. You... Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's still there. Sorry about that. That was uh, that was kind of weird. We had our own little technical difficulty, I guess. But I yeah, like I said, like you, you don't want guys that are just absolute douchebags to to be in the exactly um be in the um, Hall of Fame. So, anyways, I understand. I understand that. So zero guys in the Hall of Fame this year. I mean. 2020 to 2021's all been write-off years anyway, so who cares? And Kurt Schilling can yeah. be a little piss baby about it and uh, not want to be in the Hall of Fame. Not want to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, I understand. Um, So, Doug, before we move on and talk about the NFL, there's one thing that, you know... Yeah. Is, um, we can all really dread... A year ago, Kobe Bryant yeah. passed away. Obviously, um, dog. What's your uh, what's your favorite Kobe moment? My favorite Kobe moment is definitely one of the hardest ones I ever watched. Well, I didn't watch, but just being a Raptors fan, it was hard. But that eighty-one point shellacking that he dropped on us. Yeah, an eighty. That's burger. probably that's probably my favorite. That's probably my favorite Kobe moment. Yeah burger that he dropped um when you asked me what like i think of like what comes to my mind I think of uh kobe bryant is the 2010 finals just yeah i was a little kid back then and i didn't really know much but like um man was it was that kobe's last ring like was, was the last i believe so yeah, it was. 2010 was the last ring for Kobe, yeah. Yeah, like, for Kobe to win the last ring, like, I mean, like, like it's just so, 
how can you like that's five rings, man. Like that's yeah, insane. Um and for him to still be doing it like at that point in his career and like for his prime to long like I don't even know why. Like like the Lakers like curb stomped the Celtics in game seven that night, but just it's still yeah. it just like when I think of Kobe Bryant, I think of the 2010 NBA Finals and just how surprised or shocked everyone was. They're like, wow, this guy went out and got five rings. Exactly. Um, one of the greatest to ever do it, if not one of them. I like, yeah, he, I, he has to be in everyone's top five. I mean, he's kind of the like back when I was a kid. I didn't know a whole lot about basketball, but what I exactly whenever I heard about basketball, like, but whenever you asked me about Kobe Bryant, I knew who Kobe Bryant was. Um, so yeah, it was definitely devastating. Like I remember, um, yeah, last last year, whenever it happened, Kobe Bryant's death definitely has to be a, a where were you moment in in exactly. not only in sports but in the entire world. Yep. Where were you when that happened? I was at home. I th- I believe it was a Sunday, right? Uh, Sunday or Saturday. It happened on the weekend. Yeah. I believe it was what uh, I was in the afternoon. I was just about to head to work, I think, like in two hours. And I was just, you know, scrolling through Instagram. And all of a sudden, it popped up. And I was like, no way. Yeah, I know. And, you know, just ever since uh, I've had his jersey hung up, just because he's always been an inspiration to me. Just like, yeah, as a young kid, like I watched him and, you know, um, anytime I played, I, I don't know, sports or basketball at school, every time, like I wanted to be serious, I did the Kobe Jersey bite. Cause I thought I could like be my inner, inner Mamba and just like clutch the game. It's lunch, true. Don't at, laugh. It's at, true, don't at laugh. lunchtime, at lunchtime basketball. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> And he really like, did inspire us to do a lot. Like you think even, even up to this day, like up to grade 11 in high school. And even like now I still do it. Like when you shoot something, you yell Kobe before you like shoot a, I don't know, a paper ball into a trash can or. Yeah. No, I remember, uh, I, I, I remember that day clearly as well. Uh, it was kind of, it was noonish and I was just, you know, sitting in my room, uh, scrolling through, like, same thing as you, scrolling through uh, um, through Instagram and, and Twitter and stuff. And then I heard about, I, I finally started to see notifications about um, a helicopter crash involving Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. And, and for, and, you know, future... Um, explanations coming on the way or whatever what have you and once i heard about kobe you know once they all confirmed it was kobe i i still couldn't believe it i exactly it it felt so made up to me to to hear about uh kobe's death and the fact that his daughter was there with him i I just felt sick to my stomach man like there's no yeah, and those walls there's five other people that we lost in that crash as well you exactly. know, the, the other two families that were involved and yeah like our seven other seven other occupants 
Um, was it nine total or was it seven total? Nine, nine total. Oh, nine, wow. nine total, wow. seven people on the helicopter. Like, okay, I didn't even. I I wasn't even a sports a basketball fan whenever Kobe uh was in his prime but just like because Neither. he was so iconic to the game just hearing about there's not a lot of deaths not only in sports but in pop culture that made me feel the disbelief and just feel yeah. the the gut-wrenchingness um that I felt whenever I heard about Kobe Bryant's death but just that that's yeah it's a it, it was a huge blow and you know a whole yeah. 365 days later we're all you know you think about all the things that we've gone through in 2021 all the yeah. you know with Kobe's death and, and the pandemic and everything it's just you know all that a, a whole storm later we're all still sitting here just puzzle that what happened uh at 906 a.m in uh calabasas yeah. california yeah like you said it it still honestly doesn't feel re- real and i think it's the big thing is we haven't had time to really process it and it's like the days come so quick because you know we've been at home with lockdowns and there's been all this covid bullshit and like everything else going on in the world like the fucking amazon was on fire and yeah it's been a it's and we just haven't had time and it's just like coming back to this day like even just talking about it now kind of getting chilled and you know it's kind of not not tearing me up but you know it's kind of saddening me yeah it's it's tough to stomach like i i still i can't believe that um a day like one day ago the entire sports world stopped like you saw um, basketball players; they were all tearing up during shoot around. They couldn't even they couldn't even go a full shift without just feeling emotional, because at yeah. one point or another, Kobe Bryant was one of the reasons why you wanted to play basketball. And um, yeah. if you weren't a basketball player, Kobe Bryant was still one of your inspirations to be competitive. Exactly, and I think just his influence and. You know, we were talking a few minutes ago about your brand, not wanting to be a scumbag. Just Kobe Bryant, not only, he was that perfect. A lot of the times, whenever there's an athlete who is competitive and brash and just brings it every night, we all tend to hate those guys, right? Like, you look at the Matthew Kachucks of the world. You look at the Jimmy Butlers of the world. You look at the Marcus Smarts of the world. We all hate those guys, but... Because they're so competitive and they're so intense, they bring it every night. But like Kobe Bryant um, carried himself in a way where he was competitive and he was a beast and he was just a pain in the ass to play against. But whenever, you know, it was between whistles, he was just a regular guy and he was just loving what he was doing and he was having a great time and then whenever the whistle blew again and it was time to go back to work he put his head down and he just completely flipped the switch and he became this um he became this athlete that if you were playing against him you you were frightened of this guy if you uh if you were a fan you adored him so yeah no he he's um 
it's definitely a tough loss and and it's just so weird to think like a whole day a whole year ago we were all thinking about you know Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other people on the helicopter and uh yeah truly a heartbreaking story and uh it's it's uh he he's someone that that will always be thought he's always a player that will come to mind as soon as someone mentions the word basketball. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, after uh, that deep convo. <laughs> two. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say some happy stuff going on here, kind of, to brighten the mood a bit. Uh, obviously, yeah. happy 60th birthday to the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, uh, yeah, we want to talk about goats. Um, There's another guy, you know. Yeah, another guy. He uh, had a really good career, obviously. You know, when the same as Kobe Bryant. I mean, when you say Col- when you say basketball, Kobe's one of the first players that you think of. When you say hockey, Wayne Gretzky's one of the first guys that comes to mind as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's. If you ask me, he's one of those. He's probably been hockey's first commercial, commercially successful player. Where, yeah, like he, uh, I don't want to say he put hockey on the map, but like he put hockey on the map. He, every, he put hockey on the map essentially. <laughs> like every single, you know, every sport has an athlete that makes has that one athlete that that makes the the sport known here and there exactly to just exploding and widely known like whenever and we were watching the last dance you know there were guys in Europe who played basketball and if you were a passionate basketball fan internationally you know you you knew a lot about basketball but whenever Michael Jordan came around you know people just saw him not only as this superstar athlete but just as a celebrity and that was the same as uh same goes for uh for the great one so yeah happy birthday to the great one and we also forgot to mention this whenever we were uh uh, we were talking hockey um national women's hockey league streaming on twitch that's starting up right now so for any of you guys listening go stream that shit right now gotta support the women's game gotta love growing the game Exactly. It's free to watch and uh, just go check them out on Twitch. There's been some good games lately, like uh, the Toronto Six. They played, uh, I think it was Minnesota the other night, and they were up 5-1, and uh, Minnesota came back and won it 6-5 in a shootout. True Toronto fashion. Gotta love yeah, it. Gotta love um, it. So, shifting focus now, The big we're, we saved the best topic for last, Championship, championship Sunday. Yeah. Championship, championship Sunday, and yep. you know I think our first game that we got to look at is the early one. We got to look at Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Both, you know, Super Bowl matchups are set. We got Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Brady versus Mahomes. Like yep. I don't know how better you could sell that game, but looking at Green Bay yep. and Tampa Bay, what are your thoughts on that one? It was a great game, honestly. It was close down to the wire and. Uh... Brady played a great game in the first half, and he had a couple interceptions that were bad in the second half, but uh, they weren't really his fault. Like, one of them was tipped by uh, Evans, and 
Another one he kind of just said, fuck it, Evan's up there somewhere because he's getting fucking wrecked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a good game by both teams, and it just it, it came down to the end. And obviously, instead of trying to go for the touchdown, Matt LaFleur and uh, the Green Bay Packers decided to kick the field goal, and they gave the ball back to Tom Brady, and they just never saw it again. And uh, that was my takeaways from the game. And yeah. It was a great game. Every, everyone thinks that that was like a cowardly move. Like, I, I, I remember on Instagram and seeing Dave Portnoy be like, Matt LaFleur is the biggest coward in in the history of humankind. And I was like, wow, must have really fucked up on that play. But then I realized that, no, they, they, they just kicked a field goal instead of going for the touchdown. But the way I look at it is, do you rather have some points or no points? But I mean, also in late in the game, um, you know, there there's analytics guys, and there's and and there's also just football guys. And I mean, whether you're an analytics guy or a football guy, I'd rather have points. But also in a conference championship game, um, yep. in a game where against I, the greatest quarterback of all time, well, yeah, two two of the guys, and you're going to give them the ball back instead of trying to go and like you're giving the ball back with a five point lead rather than tying the game up. And making him have to, yes, essentially have his kicker go out oh, and try a right. field goal because that's what it would have happened in that situation. That's right because if they get the touchdown, they got to go for eight. They got to go for two. Yeah, but so the, so that's the way yeah. I look at it. But in a conference championship game, you're uh, you're a touchdown and a two point conversion away from tying the game up and making this interesting. Like I'd go for it on fourth yeah. down. Like what do I have to lose? Yeah. It's a conference game. If if we don't, if we aren't successful on fourth down. Well, then we just say to ourselves, oh, well, we tried, we, you know, we, we tried on fourth down. We did the, we did the ballsy, we did the ballsy thing. That was, we did the ballsy thing to do and it didn't work out for us. And unfortunately we, at at least we can be, um, be proud of ourselves that we tried. Um, But, But you still leave, you still leave Tampa Bay on the eight yard line. It would have probably been before the two-minute warning because there was two or five on the clock on the fourth. Yeah, down. exactly. Like it's a perfect um, situation, and you still have all three timeouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me. You have the MVP of the league, arguably. Well, he's probably going to win it. Like he's my pick for MVP, anyways. And uh, you're eighty percent in the red zone all year, which is one of the greatest since like two thousand one or something. And yes, you missed uh, a two-point like earlier, but uh, it was really a good try. Like. Instead of running it in, uh, kind of Rogers kind of threw it over and just just missed. Yeah, like didn't didn't they? Um... Yeah, there's a third down play. It, that did, were, they were they, it, so they were on the eight yard line. They were on the eight, yard and line. it was what fourth and eight. It was fourth and eight. Fourth and eight on the eight yard line. Yeah, so it's like so, like you said, worst down down by eight with two minutes and five seconds left. Yeah, so worst with all three timeouts. So worst case scenario, you're. You know, worst case Ontario, you're just you have you have the Buccaneers backed up. All you got Brady, and you know put a lot of pressure on them, force them to go three and out, and then you have the ball. Get back. the ball back at the forty or thirty. Yeah, and the games and and the games in your hands. I mean, yeah, when I look at this, forward instead of backwards. When I look at this game. I kind of feel like 
the like the Packers beat themselves. Like yeah. like um there I mean there were some questionable calls. I'm in the first in the what was in the second quarter. Um the Packers were backed up. It was like three and it was like third and and uh and long. And Aaron Rodgers yeah. aired one out to uh Lazard, I think it was. And Lazard yeah. was being held the entire time he got to the to the first down marker and then I'm just gonna ask and you and then he though. got an in, in interception like that's a that's a blatant and obvious holding call yeah. like if like if anyone had their eyes on Lazard I think there's a flag being thrown there like obviously there were some lousy calls but at the same time it's yeah. a conference championship game you're gonna you gotta let them play a little bit you, you know you, there's gonna be times where you know it, it, I, I hate comparing one sport to the other but like a blatant like a like a holding call being missed in a conference championship game to me is the same like a like if a holding penalty was called at a crucial point in a conference championship game in in the NFL would be the equivalent to a a tripping penalty getting called in in game 7 of a Stanley yes. Cup playoff game like that shit just exactly. like that shit just does not fly unless it's the most obvious like trip Ever like unless like he the guy was on a breakaway and the player behind him tripped his legs out from under him, like I, you know, you don't call that right. Same thing, same thing. Can I just hop yeah, in sure, here? go ahead. So I was gonna say, um, I don't know if you watched the whole game. Yeah, I watched the first half. Okay, because the first half there wasn't a single penalty called. They were pretty consistent the whole game. You know, they missed, with third and fourth they kind of missed some. Missed some calls, missed some calls in the first and second. Like, they didn't call anything in the first and second, obviously. Kind of let them play. And as being a hockey ref, uh, we're taught usually in the last, like, two to three minutes just to keep your whistle in your pocket. Unless it's blatant or there's a hit or something, like, something bad or something that's completely obviously, like, obvious. um, Just keep your whistle in your pocket and, you know, go on to overtime and let let the boys go on. And that's how it should be. Kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, and I and I loved what I, um, Joe Buck mentioned that there was no, not a single penalty that was called uh, in the first half, and then Troy Aikman just said, "And now yeah. they're just gonna call everything." Yeah. But yeah, like, going back, I mean, I genuinely think the Packers beat themselves. Like they had more plays, they had more first downs, they had more yeah. passing yards. Um, yards per play was pretty even. Packers had more time of possession, but here's where they beat them. Yeah. They lost a fumble. Aaron Rodgers threw that one interception, and then yeah. the penalty yards. They they had four penalties that added up for for thirty yards. And I mean the fumble, well, the the the, had- the the Aaron Jones fumble. You can't blame Aaron Jones for that. Like yeah. you you put no like if I put the ball in in fucking like best best player, best skilled player other than quarterback in the league. Like if I put that ball in fucking like Alvin Kamara's hands and Alvin Kamara gets popped like that, that's an easy fumble. I put the ball in Stephon yeah. Diggs' hands and he gets popped like that. That's a fumble. You can't blame Aaron Jones for that. Yeah. Um, oh. the defense was questionable though for for Green Bay. Yeah, where, where Kevin I, King walked down defender. Oh, hey, Kevin in King. that second half, <laughs> hey, the whole in that second half, 
when I saw Scotty Miller coming onto the field, I was like, all right, Tom's airing it out. Like, yeah. no, no question about it. Tom's airing this shit out. And it's going to be um, like a 50-yard touchdown to Scotty Miller because the only thing Scotty Miller catches is dimes. Scotty Miller, like, it's almost like Scotty Miller went up to Tom Brady at the beginning of the season and was like, hey, man, um, I'm, I'm not going to be on the field if you plan on throwing something like that's like 10 yards or less. <laughs> like, like I, I, I only catch dimes. Like you're, you're just going to make me turn. And, and that's what Scotty does. He just turns on the jets. And next thing you know, he's in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Kevin King was a part of all three touchdowns. So he had the Mike Evans catch over him. He had the Scotty Miller catch over him. And he had, the Leonard Fournette who ran him over and there's basically just a picture of him looking dead on top of like the goal pylon. <laughs> Playoff Lenny. And then um, he was also the guy who got called for PI in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, if you ask me, so here's what, so here's my opinion. You ask me who I think, uh, at, uh, well, I don't know. It's hard for me to say who played better at quarterback between Rodgers and, and, and Brady because Rodgers has the more yards, less interceptions, same amount of touchdowns. But, like, Brady just did a better job at managing yeah. the game. I think Aaron Rodgers – here's the way I evaluate this game. Aaron Rodgers played really nervous, and Tom Brady played like – Tom Brady. He had all the all the time in the world. Yeah. Like, he played – he played super comfortably and and Aaron Rodgers played like he was in a panic and he forced a lot to Devontae Adams. Yeah. I have to point that out. He played like like in a game where you expect Devontae Adams and I mean literally in any other game Devontae Adams goes off, but just I feel like um it's almost like the the Packers expected to, like a lot of um, Aaron Rodgers' throws yep. to be forced onto uh, Devonte Adams, and it was like yep. um, whenever they they went on that three and out, it was like first and goal. I remember there was one who was first and goal, and they were they were they went three and out, and they were like I don't know three yards at least. Uh, from the goal line, and every single throw, all three plays were to Devontae Adams. Were throws to Devontae Adams? Yeah. Like I'm, and and then like I'm, then they then they go over the instant replay, and guys like um, Lazard and uh, Valdez Scantling are wide open. Like, why don't you like scan the field for once? Especially yeah. since like this was the first game. Valdez Scantling actually didn't drop a shit ton of passes. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, you know, why don't, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, like, why don't I scan the field a little bit? Like, he had a lot of time in that pocket. Like, there's no reason for him to be that nervous or for uh, him to, for him to, to pressure himself. The, the that second much. half, though, he was pressured a lot. The second half, he was pressured. Second a lot. half, he, second half, he had a lot of, he had a lot of pressure coming on him. But just like I said, there, there's no 
I don't know, man. Like, uh, th- th- there was no reason it. for him to be that nervous. Yeah, I know. But Tom Brady is just relaxed in those moments, and it just doesn't phase him. And it uh, seems like guys he plays against get phased and just, like, like you said, Aaron Rodgers was, like, playing like he was nervous. Well, that that exactly. And I think it's just because, like, that's not Tom Brady's first rodeo. It may have been exactly. his first NFC championship, but it wasn't his first rodeo. Yeah. Can I add some stats here? Go for it. Do you want to hear Brady stats first or Roger stats first? Um, you like Brady, so go Brady. Okay. So now Tom Brady has appeared 18% of all Super Bowls ever. Yeah, I, I saw that one. I saw it on Twitter, I think. He also has a higher chance of making the Super Bowl than Steph Curry making a three-pointer. He is 48% for making Super Bowls in his career, and Steph Curry is 43% at making threes. Hmm. It, is, it is also his 10th Super Bowl. He is currently 6-3, and three, and he now has the same amount of NFC championships as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it's all just because the Packers literally beat themselves. Like, yeah. like I, 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 I think that... Um, you know, saying, oh, teams wanting it, this team wanted it more than the other is just like a complete bullshit analogy. Yeah. Obviously, they both wanted it. They both wanted to win. But just, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers just did a better job of, of executing. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I could say about that. The Buccaneers were more prepared to play yep. than the Packers were. And here's another thing for you. Uh, Rodgers was sacked 25 times this year and intercepted six times this year. He was sacked 10 times by the Bucs, and he was intercepted three times against them as well. 10 sacks? Yeah. Wow. And he's only allowed – to the whole whole league, he's only allowed 15 sacks and three interceptions. And against the Bucs, he's allowed 10 sacks and three interceptions. Oh, so you mean like 10 out of his 15 sacks are to the Bucs? 10 out of his 25 are to the, are to the Bucs, yes. And six wow. out of his three interceptions are to the Bucs. Wow, imagine that. Man. Um, I'm actually and well then Oh and all and that that was a really good game. Um but yeah um all in all I say that we should move along to the uh shitty game that happened. So the, the wagons aren't gonna be circled anymore. They'll um, be circled, but the they'll Chiefs, be circled next year. They'll be circled next year. Um you know I when I look at this game, there's a lot of people slandering the Bills. Um, I'm just gonna say this: you can't you can't pin the blame on Josh Allen. You know, like he's he's never been there before. No, not- and this is just his third year. It's his third year as a, in the league. I I don't even think as a starter. It's just his third year. Period. Um, he's never been there before, and like I actually think he played well. There's yeah. a lot of people who slandered Josh Allen. I think he played really well, if you ask me. I mean, 28 for 48, not bad. Um, one interception, that's an oopsie. And two touchdown passes for 287 yards. And to add on to that, for, that's insane. Yeah.
like I just look at this game as a case of a team who's been there, not only not only already been there in the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. but been there three straight times. And has and one out of those three straight and including and in those three straight times was last Sunday and one of those three straight times that they were in the AFC championship with Patrick Mahomes was, you know, in, in a, like a AFC championship win that led them to a Super Bowl. So, and and this, I kind of like saw the matchup and I mean, I saw it coming all along. Like I, like I, I was preparing myself for pain. Um, Obviously, I was posting on the Instagram account. Yeah. I felt painful. Super sad. Or, I, I, you know, it was painful to watch. It was super sad. I was just super sad. Um, but you know what? Like, I gotta hand it to. Uh, I I gotta hand it to the to the Chiefs, man. Like, like I said, like you know, this team wanted it more than that team is bullshit. It was just like one team was able to execute their game plan over the other. And that was take away all of Josh Allen's take away all of Josh Allen's favorite targets and make it, make him do it himself. And the thing about football is there's a lot of guys on the field at the same time. So one guy can't win you the game. You have to win as a team. And obviously you take away Josh Allen's targets he has nowhere to throw, so he's got to do it with his legs. And the Bills' defense, which has been yeah. god awful all year long, got exposed yeah. like I knew they would. So, you know, it, it's a sad ending to a really good year. Hey, you know what? <clears throat> I'm actually really disappointed because, like, I this, this to me feels like it's the equivalent of getting swept in a playoff series. Like, I would rather. I would rather lose um, by like a Minnesota miracle or like by yeah. a field goal, or I'd I'd rather like be up seven points and then the team goes and has a game-winning drive and ends up uh, getting the two-point conversion to yeah. to win the game. Like I would rather win by a point or by a touchdown than two. Exactly. So I mean, it was kind of embarrassing. It was disappointing, but at the same time. I can't help but feel excited exactly. for the future, knowing that this is a really good team with a really bright future, and all this and all this is going to do is fuel not only Josh Allen but Stephon Diggs and uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and Trey White. All it's going to do is just fuel yeah. the Bills to come back even harder next time. And guess what? We play Kansas City two times exactly. next season. So you already know it's going to be a yeah. bloodbath. It was obviously just a perfect game by the Chiefs. I think like that's the best they've played all year. Like that's the best their defense has played all year. Yeah, like their defense hasn't looked better. And it's like I said last week, it was going to have to be a shootout if they're going to beat them. And obviously, just Buffalo, Buffalo tried to hang in there, but it's we already knew they don't have a defense, so it's not much they could do there. And just Tyreek Hill ran around and made them look stupid. But Josh Allen had a really good game. Yeah. Um, Cole Beasley had a good game. On yeah. a broken leg. Yeah, I saw that after the game, too. He had a broken fibula or something. Yeah, did you see that time whenever he uh, came on to the, the sideline 
and he just you know <laughs> he just like yeah. fell down and everyone was like oh there's Cole <laughs> Beasley but here's something that's funny if I told you that uh, the Bills if I told you the Bills scored the most points in the first and fourth quarter you'd think they'd yeah. win yeah anyways it, it, that's just a really tough tough game and no I agree the only thing about um, Allen I'd say about that game was every time he was under pressure he started running backwards and I didn't really understand that <sighs> Yeah, that's what, but that's what Josh Allen likes to do. Like, there's a, you know how pretty much every other quarterback, but that's kind of just because Josh Allen has like a cannon yeah. of an arm and he's able yeah. to do that. Like, he's able to like step back for 20 yards and air it out for like, he he's able to step back for 20 yards and just air it out and he'll still t- throw it on a dime. That's true. Like, that's just, that's just what Josh Allen yeah. does. Um, Josh, Josh, Uncle Rico, as I like to call him, because he can throw it over the mountains. <laughs> um, so like he he's literally Uncle yeah. Rico. So, um, he that's that's what he he can do. Um, PMT brought this up. Uh, do you ever? And I, and I'm gonna ask this if you know. I'm gonna ask you if you notice this as well. Um, there are times where Tyreek Hill acts a little acts hurt like Tyree like Tyree kill will get pushed onto the sideline he'll be down on the ground and you'll think oh he's out like oh he's done and then he's just like he's back in the game and it's just like almost like it never happened yeah. like I like I saw that in uh, one of the games like he was limping off onto the sideline. I was like, "Uh oh, Tyree kills might be done for the game," and then uh, he just came out and he came back onto the field and and ran for a few yards after the catch. Yeah, I don't know. I've noticed that about him a couple times, but maybe he does have an injury this year that he's aggravated a couple times. But I'm not sure. I, I think he just yeah. does that. Well, I mean. Also, but sometimes when he gets the ball, also... he runs 71 yards or 72 yards. So, like, you're bound to be tired or sore. Yeah. So, that's a, that's a possibility, too. But One thing that I think we should also notice, point out, is that uh, um, Ty- or not Tyreek Hill. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had turf toe and a concussion, and he still just dicked around that ball. 20, 29 for 38, 325 yards, three touchdowns, zero I mean, he didn't have a concussion because he cleared concussion protocol, but. Well, did you see, did you see how he reacted after that hit that he took? Like, he's like shaking on the ground. Like, how yeah, body I know. I told like you about that, down. but like, I'm just saying, um, if it does come out that he, he does have a concussion, like they're fucked, like they're going to get fined a shit ton, but I don't know if, I don't think they care. And he played a good game. He didn't look like he had a concussion, but. He could have had a mild one at the start. Concussion and turf toe. They're, like, there's no way. Well, there's no way Patrick Mahomes takes a hit that big, and then he like he's just like, yeah, I'm good. Put me back in. Like, there's no way. Well, they were saying it was his neck or something. Like he, uh, uh, like had a nerve or something, and that's why his fucking leg like decided not to go with his body when he tried to go up, get up. Yeah, like I don't know. 
I I have a feeling that uh, Goodell was like, it's okay. We want a Brady v. Mahomes Super Bowl matchup. So you could just say it was a neck injury and uh, we'll just act like nothing happened. Also, uh, can we officially hop on the Alex Okafor hate Alex club? Alex Okafor. Oh, yeah, that was that, the guy who uh, got yeah. that sack on okay, Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I don't. I don't care if Allen's threw that ball first. Like it, they they kind of deserved yeah. it. Like leading up to that play where there was a fight, um, like the Chiefs were taking shots at Allen, like way after he threw the yeah, ball. I like I was saying, oh well, there's times where. There's times where uh, you know, gotta know when to call it and when not to. You gotta yeah. call it in that situation. The Chiefs are up 17. Like I, I know it's, I know I'm contradicting myself because I was like, oh, in a conference championship, blah blah blah. But um, like when a team's up 17 and they're like celebrating, like they won the Super Bowl, and like they're taking shots at the quarterback, like way after, like. There were three roughing exactly. passer calls yeah. that were missed, and there's no reason like a like there's no reason to go risk your star quarterback over a 17 point deficit. But I really appreciate yeah. the Bills um, fighting till the end, no matter what the score was. It was really nice to see, and like I said, it's something that um, really warms my heart, knowing that um, next year, you know. That team's going to be really good. And, dog, something for us to uh, bring up. Um, this year, none of us have to feel really nervous uh, going into oh. Super Bowl weekend because our teams aren't in the Super Bowl. So we can actually watch the game and enjoy no, the game. I am nervous as fuck. That is not true. Tom Brady, Hi. I'm cheering for him. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm gonna cheer for Brady as well, but like, it's not like it's not like the Pats. No, are I know, but I'm still I'm cheering for Brady. Like, it, I I want him to see him win again. Oh, I want to see Brady win again. I want to see I want to see Mahomes. I want to see the the Chiefs lose. Like last year, I was cheering for the Chiefs yeah. because I thought it was cute. Like, you know, like oh, Patrick Mahomes got his Patrick Mahomes got his first yeah, Super Bowl. I was the same last oh, year. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. Like, you know, I was really happy to see him win. But now the Chiefs, like, they they, they go, like, uh, they go 15 and 2 or or uh, fucking they go, like, anywhere between 16 and 1 and 14 and 3 every year. And now they and and now they think they're the shit. So it it's getting yeah. annoying, right? So I kind of want to. Do you wanna... think they're the most hated team in football now? No. You still no. think you still think the Patriots are the most hated team in football? I didn't even think the Patriots were okay. the most hated team in Cowboys, football. I think yeah, it was the Cowboys, Cowboys, but a lot of people did hate the Patriots too. Like so, here's so so here's my okay. hate leaderboard. Yeah. Okay, so at five, yeah, Green Bay. Like, like if like if you cheer for Green Bay, your parents are yeah. related. Um, <laughs> just like Aaron Rodgers is such a little piss baby, and um, 
a lot of Green Bay fans just like Aaron Rodgers. And then number four for me goes the Chiefs just because um, Patrick Mahomes' brother started doing oh too many. God. Like I like I think there should be I, I think I think there should be a TikTok. I think there I think the NFL, I know we call it the no fun league, but there should be a TikTok. Yeah, TikTok ban. We should ban whenever no, 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 no. Like, like that dude, that... let's ban Jackson Mahomes. No, that dude can have his fun. Let him have his fun. Donald Trump had his fun. He had his fun for four years. So who, so let, so let Jackson Mahomes have some fun, but I think there should be a limit, like a speed limit. Like, like, like there should be, everyone has a three TikTok limit whenever uh, your team wins yeah. a sporting event. He does it mid-game too. And okay. It's like, oh my god. Well, maybe we can get into the yeah. logistics of mid-game, but um, I, I, I mean, if, if Dave because there's juju because Dave there's Portnoy juju can get thrown out of a Super Bowl game, why can't we throw out Jackson Mahomes? Well, I don't know what Dave Portnoy did, but Jackson Mahomes is just dancing inside an executive suite. I mean. He's just being like, just because he's annoying doesn't mean mean he's what Dave Portnoy wore a shirt that had got face on it. And it was like a clown. Oh yeah. Well, that's just because Roger Goodell is like sensitive. So he, he doesn't care. Um, But he doesn't care if, if Jackson Mahomes does a little dancey dance. And, but, um, uh, yeah. Goodell is a clown. Anyways, but that but that's beside the point. Like maybe there should be like a maybe there should be like a one TikTok yeah. limit pregame, like one like one TikTok limit um pre yeah. and mid game. Like you're like like between like up until the the game's over, you're only allowed to post one TikTok. Can we have like, two minute warnings, day. but for TikTok and then for him, like have him like do one at the start of the game, yeah, and then two, minute two minute warning, two minutes, and then another one at the other two minute warning. Two minute warning, two minute warning, so that we can all scroll through our yeah. for you page and um, get more Spanish lessons. Do you get that? More Spanish lessons? No. I get that. I get this guy on my TikTok page, and and he's always like, "Es hora de comer. Es hora de comer. Es hora de comer." And he's always saying like, "It's time to eat," but in Spanish. <laughs> Anyways, no, I I think I agree with that. There should be like a two minute warning for TikTok where like we stop playing, we we stop um doing TikToks, and we just and we just scroll through our for you page, uh, and then once that two minutes is over, then we all go get back to the game. Uh. I think we have some technical difficulties, but um, until Radog gets connected again, um, yeah. So uh, Chiefs they win thirty eight twenty four, and the Packers fell to the box thirty one twenty six. Jackson Mahomes did his little dancey dance. He made a bunch of TikToks, and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a fun. Uh, Conference chamber. Uh, uh, so Ray Dog's back. Yeah, yep. you're back. Little technical okay, difficulties. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyways, um, 
yeah, so like I was just saying, you know, before you cut out, I was just giving like a quick, uh, you know, review given the final scores. But yeah, like you know, uh, there's TikToks and stuff. Um, I back back to what I was. Where were we, anyways? Oh yeah, I was at my hate. I was at my hate totem pole. So yeah, and then you're I talking put, about the guy um, who goes uh, talking about eating food in Spanish, and you're talking about TikTok for you page and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but back, but back to the to the hate totem pole. I go, I go. Uh, Pats at five. Um, uh, so, so you ha- you Chiefs at four. Chiefs. Right, no, I go. No, I went Packers at, at five. Four. Chiefs at four. Uh, Pats at three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Pats at three, just because like Belichick's still yeah. there. You know, a lot of people like to clown the Pats. But I think as the Pats keep rebuilding, they're going to be less and less hated until they start winning again. Then everyone's going to hate them again. Um, and then it goes, uh, who's my, oh, it goes Steelers, then Cowboys. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, reverse that. Reverse that. It goes Cowboys, then Steelers. Okay. I can respect that. That That's my, that's my hate total. I can respect that. Anyways, yeah. Um, anything else uh, from conference championships? No, but do you want to talk about uh, Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson? Any of those guys? Um, I think I think we should save that for next week. We'll we'll have an episode specifically. Like I think um, next week we'll talk about where we think. Oh yeah, because we'll have the Pro Bowl. Like next we're gonna make our... too, right. We didn't talk about that Pro Bowl next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's a throwaway. Next next week's a throwaway week. That's whenever we could talk about the draft and free agency and trades yeah. and stuff. We've got Pro Bowl yeah. coming up this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's online, right? Yep. Everyone's going to be playing Madden. Yes, I've each heard. Other. Uh, I didn't hear like what the complete details are, but uh, you had something with the PS5, I believe, or something, or Xbox, mm. whatever Series X. Hey. Rest, rest in peace to the Xbox guys playing <laughs> on the PlayStation. <laughs> Yo, bro, I thought it was hitting RT, Yo, that, but I hit RB. That's funny because I was playing. Uh, Sips came over for the UFC fight on uh, Saturday, and we were playing Mad. And he goes, "Bro, I have no idea what the fucking controls are." He he scored he, he scored a touchdown, and he he meant to press like fucking square, and he pressed like circle or some shit. <laughs> Yeah, like that. That's how it <laughs> he was goes, just like, though. bro. I thought that was that's X on Xbox, so I just hit it. <laughs> I'm just so used to the plays now. Like, yeah. I think if you if you play Madden yeah. enough, you just get so used to the plays that you don't even need to know what the buttons are. You just like you just know that oh the um the left the the like it doesn't matter whether it's x on xbox or like circle circle i think it is or square on playstation you just know that the guy who has the the left button on those four buttons of the controller is like this route and the fly route is the is the guy that is like on the right button and the 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 top button is like the guy who's gonna run the drag and you know just just stuff like that like it like it's pretty pretty simple yeah exactly but it's like the it, all it's right the most broken game Sorry. ever though yeah it's, there's some goofy like shit have you seen the stuff from the ps5 and the xbox series x like they have fucking they're starting to get no. negative yards now 
Like, you'll have, like, a fourth and negative 34, and you'll have to run 10 yards back to get your first down. And then one guy, like, got, got a pick, <laughs> went to go in their end zone, and, like, didn't even register the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that, like, I saw one play where it was, like, um, this guy was, like, playing as the Chiefs, and he threw it to Tyreek Hill, and he juked right through two yeah. players. And they just like counted the tackle yeah. and and called the game yeah, right there. The that would have been too, so yeah. frustrating. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. I would have thrown oh, my controller. Yeah. At the I, I would have pulled a flight and just like broke my controller on the floor. <laughs> if it is Josh Allen in the Pro Bowl, yeah, he is. Okay, well, if I'm Josh Allen, I'm just like using myself and like tossing it like I'm going to be that douchebag who airs it out for like 30 plus yards every play. I'm going to be a Ray dog yeah. playing, uh, playing Madden. I just say fuck it and let my nuts hang. <laughs> yeah. Talk your shit and you let your nuts hang. Um, so do you want to go, do you want to go parlay party now? Ah, uh, sure. Or we can do game of the week, whatever you want to do first. We can switch things up or we can, uh, Start with parlay. Uh, let's do parlay okay. party. Parlay party. It was your turn to start last week. Yep. I'll start this week. Um, so my first pick, I'm going on the ice. I'm taking Vancouver, covering the spread. Uh, one and a half. Spreads out one and a half for Ottawa-Vancouver. Um, I still think Ottawa's got a lot of kinks in their game that they need to work out. And Vancouver's on a roll. Lots of guys scoring. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, there's a huge payout if Vancouver does cover, and I think that they are going to do that. Whether it's an empty netter or not, whether it's by whether it's by a six goal victory, by whether it's another seven one game, um, who knows? I just I I have a good feeling that um, Vancouver is going to cover the spread in that game, and then um, <clears throat> Calgary Montreal. I'm taking. Uh, Looking at uh, total goals in Calgary, Montreal, uh, over under six and a half in that game. I'm going to take the under. I think uh, two good teams in that one. Um, I I think that uh, it remains a pretty close game. I think it's tightly contested right to the end. So, uh, yeah, I think they uh, they hit the under in that one. And uh, I'm going to do something that uh, we haven't done in a while. Uh, or something that uh, we haven't really touched on yet. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little uh, English Premier League in it. There you talk go. Little, talk little, talk little Premier League. Um, uh, I'm just taking uh, Villa. Villa versus Burnley. I'm taking Villa to uh, win that one outright. Uh, no spreads. Just outright winner is uh, Villa. Earlier, Austin I was Villa. texting you today about Austin Villa. I was texting you today about Jackie Graylish. Um, he's a, he's a pretty fine footballer, if you ask me, bro. So, um, I think Jackie Graylish is going to have a big game to, on uh, tomorrow at one o'clock against Burnley. So, I think I think that what that's what might happen. Yeah. So. Uh, fucking hell! Uh, <laughs> Villa, Villa to win against Burnley, and um, 
this isn't a you know payout's pretty good as well if you take Villa to uh, to beat Burnley tomorrow, and I'm even gonna predict the score. I'm calling it a um, I'm calling it a two nothing victory That's what for I was Villa just say. tomorrow. Two nothing. They're they're playing Burnley. They're bottom of the barrel in the Premier League. Take Villa. Take Villa. Take. Take the under in the uh, in the Flames Habs game. Take Vancouver to cover tomorrow, and take Villa to beat Burnley outright tomorrow. You will not be disappointed. I will not go zero for three like I did in my last game, like I did in the last parlay party. Oh, well, game was tonight. Oh shit. <laughs> I don't know if there are there games tonight. It's Chicago. Yeah, but on there's uh, games right now. I was gonna do a New York Knicks pick here, but uh, they're currently playing, so can't do that one. But uh, do you know what the odds are for Tottenham and Liverpool? Uh, are you sticking on the on the pitch as well? Pardon? Are you sticking on the pitch as yeah. well? Uh, I'm just trying to look right now, um, and forgive me for I'm I'm not going by uh, for forgive me for I'm going by Mizozer odds. Uh, I'm still waiting for it to load. Um, that's actually a pretty good game. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, like that that could be a solid candidate. For uh, game of the week, uh, so uh, Liverpool. So if you so winning outright, Liverpool's the favorites. Uh, they're like two point oh five odds, and Tottenham Hotspur is two point seventy five. I'm gonna say take Liverpool. Yeah, I take oh, Liverpool yeah. in that one as well. They're they're on they're on a hot streak. That like they've been they've been doing pretty well this season. And then also, uh, I don't know what the odds are, but uh, I got the Raptors beating the Bucks. I know probably the Bucks will be the favorite in that one. So I yeah. got the Raptors to beat them, and um, I'll take Miami to beat uh, Denver tomorrow as well in the NBA. Uh, yeah. Then I'll take the Spurs to beat the Celtics. And let's see if we can get any college basketball going here. Hmm. Let's take a look at some of these odds here. A couple more months yeah, till March Madness, eh, dog? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a pretty well, good. A bit... Give me a pretty Baylor's uh... second this year. Yeah, I know they've been uh, they've been rocking with it, and uh, Iowa's been hot. I don't know if they've yeah. held on. They're uh, minus twenty five point favorites against Kansas State tomorrow. I, I just throw five bucks at that, five or ten bucks at that. I don't know. It always, it, it always seems. Yeah, like who knows? Who knows where that take you? First team always loses against a good team, and then here's one I'll give you right here: Wake Forest over NC State. NC State's seven seven point favorite, so I'd take Wake Forest in that one. Alrighty. And then you got Creighton, oh, Seton Hall, and uh, I don't know what the odds are, but I take Seton Hall in that. And Creighton's uh, ranked 17, so they're obviously the favorite. 
That's nope. not too bad. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, moving on to game of the week. Uh, my game of the week that I think you should be paying attention to is uh, when's the 30th yep. this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. This sa- this yep. Saturday, eh? Yeah. Th- this Saturday, uh, 3 o'clock. Or yeah, no, this Saturday at twelve thirty. So nice, nice little. Uh, I'm sticking on the pitch uh, for some Premier League action. For some Premier League action, uh, if you want some soccer to enjoy with your lunch, nice little afternoon. Manchester United versus Arsenal on uh, on Saturday. It'll uh, if you have the zone in Canada. Well, then uh, tune into that. If you're just going to stream the game illegally, go ahead. I, I can't as, stop as you. As Dana White says, um, I'd fucking kill you if I find you. I will come to your house and murder you. <laughs> yeah, but I but but as Thomas yeah, Beck, but I'm as, saying, well, I won't stop you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Manchester United, Arsenal, that's my game of the week. And um, yeah, dog. I am staying on the pitch here, bro. And I am going with Thursday. Thursday's game at I believe three o'clock. Yeah, Thursday at three o'clock. We got Tottenham and Liverpool, and that is going to be my game of the week. That's. I think that's the first ever moment in True Story Bro history where uh, someone's pick for Parley Party is also game of the week. That that would be a first, I believe. That that is a. So, so our first time we talk already. soccer on this or football, if that's what you want to call it. Um, footy, we talk, talk a little, a little footy. footy. Anyways, those are your games of the week. Yeah, right on. Well, um, if that's it for me, if that's it from you, dog. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. And uh, next guess... week we'll move right in. It'll be after the Pro Bowl weekend, and uh, it'll be leading into Super Bowl week. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, haw Yeah, inching a whole lot closer. <laughs> <laughs> Saddle yeah. up, cowboy! Inching a whole lot closer to uh, to Super Bowl weekend. Talk uh, next week. We'll talk Pro Bowl. Talk uh, talk a little bit about uh, some some of the coaching changes and some of the, the players who uh, yeah. might be hitting the market in the NFL also checking in with hockey and basketball as well. And, and any other big time sports stories that, that come up in yeah. the week in the meantime though. Uh, and, and maybe we could talk yeah, about footy. We should talk a little even, bit more uh, footy. I'm going to be think, watching I, my first KHL game tomorrow. I'm watching uh, CSKA Moscow against Dynamo. So maybe we can talk some of that too. Oh, I don't know about that one. I, I have no idea what, okay. what's going on over well, there. I'm going to watch my first KHL game tomorrow. And uh, another thing, feel free. You haven't no, watched I've that never, already? I've, ne- I've watched highlights, but I've never watched KHL game lately. I haven't, I haven't watched one, I don't Man, think, ever. It I don't is... think I've ever watched one. It was actually refreshing to watch the KHL whenever, uh, whenever the yeah. playoffs were done. Anyways, but yeah, so we should we should talk a little say, bit more um, footy. We shout out to our Instagram at True Story Bro Pod. Uh, we post a lot of stuff there, a lot of yeah. breaking news, a lot of uh, 
just some memes or whatever we want to post kind of thing. But a lot of it's breaking news. And uh, anyway, you should go check it out. Go give us a follow. And uh, that'd be great if you could do that. And everybody have a great week. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, before we head out, we are also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, and uh, another platform. I'm not quite sure, but I- I'm going to have to check. But uh, we are on more platforms other than just Anchor. So if you have uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, um, or Pocket Casts, Go and check us out and uh, sauce us some streams. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next week, please be safe, have fun, enjoy yourselves, and stay thirsty, my friends. Peace.